This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. How's everyone doing? I hope you've had a great day. And if you haven't, I hope your day is just about to get better. Yes, sir. Um, my name is Ruby. I'm going to be the moderator tonight. Shout out to all our speakers. I see Steph Capella is on here. Karen, Joshua Baraka, I see you. Shout out to everyone who has also tuned into the Twitter space tonight. Um, go on ahead and... Um, let the people know that we're on here. You can hashtag Trace Twitter Space um, on Twitter. And you can also share the link as well on WhatsApp. Yes. Um, yeah, tonight we're going to be having, of course, uh, I've mentioned these artists, Steph Capella from um, Kenya. We have Karen from Kenya, Joshua Baraka from Uganda. We're going to get to know these artists a little bit better as well. Um so to everyone else who's um, heard maybe a new name or is finding out something, a new artist that they could check out, don't be afraid to also ask questions as well. So I'm just kind of going to want the speakers to say what's up. I think we're going to start from from home and then we're going to roll over to Uganda. So Steph Capella, Karen, one of you can say hi. <laughs> uh, ladies first go ahead Karun hey guys how are you doing <laughs> thanks for having me on this I'm um, looking forward to it happy to have you <clears throat> hey what's up everyone how you doing uh, Steph Capella here and uh, yeah it's a pleasure to be here uh, it's going to be a fruitful conversation and I'm looking forward to it Joshua Joshua Baraka yeah, I'm Joshua Barker. I'm a musical artist from Uganda. And yeah, I'm honored to be here and yeah, looking forward to the conversation. Dope. Um, Joshua, could you please move a little bit closer to your mic so we can get your audio better, kindly? Can you hear me now? A bit better? Or maybe project? Aye. So guys, what kind of day have you guys had? Um, Steph? Oh, me, I'm having a long one. Why? What happened? Nah, nothing. You know, it's a new month, so, you know, with new months come new pressures, you know. So, uh, yeah, me, I'm having a long day, but all in all, I'm I'm always happy. I'm always happy to, first of all, just be alive and be in this space. Uh, I'm always grateful, so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, It's been a long day, but I'm still glad to be here. Dope. Karun, Karen, which one is it? Uh, I call myself Karen. You can call me Karun, whichever one you feel. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. I've How's had, your day? Yeah, I'm glad I'm not the only one. I'm also having a long day, but mainly because it's been a long week in general. But it's been cute. My son had a little event today. He was singing. Oh, nice. So it's a bonding oh. day. <laughs> So cute, so cute, man. Um, Joshua Baraka, how how's your day been? How's your week been? Month? Um, half of the year? Uh, the half of the year has been crazy. It has been really, really, really crazy. It has had a, a ton of events. Uh, this last week has also been really hefty. It had, it had a couple of events also. 
but now I'm more relaxed. I had a very peaceful day. I've been in studio creating, and yeah, that's, that's all I've been doing today. Dope. Dope. I hear Ariel is in the building. I've just requested you to get on up the stage. I guess it's a virtual stage. If Ariel, our last panelist, yes. What's up? Guys. Hey, how you doing? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Sorry I'm late. I was having issues with my internet, but now I'm here. It's all good. It's all good. All right. Um, how's your day been? How's your month been? Ah, uh, it's, it's been good. It's been good. Uh, I've been running through uh, different interviews. But that's why I got late a bit. But everything is good. I thank the Lord. Yeah. Dope. Dope. Welcome. Thank you so Welcome much. Welcome to our Twitter space tonight. Yes. Looking forward to a, a very dope conversation. So I guess we're just going to start with the basics. Um, whoever wants to go first, I don't want to kind of like have to pick on anyone, but whoever wants to go first, you can you can go ahead. And we're just going to start with your with your music background. When did you when did, when did you discover that you were more than just a fan? Like, you know, I could actually do this for real. Um, uh, um, it was, uh, I first discovered that I can do this when I was in the band. My, it was, uh, I used to sing in a band called Symphony Band and it's a very good band and they're making their own music, which is really going on very well. And in that time, uh, I just felt like there was more because Ariel Ways was a name out there before even symphony band well symphony symphony band was all was already there but also Ariel Ways was there so I was like uh, I feel like there's a lot I have to do there's more I have to tell my fans there's there's a message I I want to I want to share with my people so that's when I started to think that I have to do my solo career actually yeah um, I wasn't going to bring this up until later on in the conversation, but now that you do, um, when you are transitioning from being the lead singer of Symphony Band to going solo, were there any major adjustments or things that you had to learn differently as a solo artist as opposed to, you know, being the lead singer of a band? Yes, 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 yes. There's a lot, there's a lot. Um I would I would say about uh, you know when you're working with, as a, as a team it's something very beautiful, but also it's something that uh, uh, makes you feel like you're stuck with your own uh, dreams because everyone as a person every individual in the group has their own dreams. So uh, on my side I had different dreams. I was part of the dreams of the group, but also I also had my own dreams so um i learned a lot i learned a lot and uh, there's a lot that being the team made me understand that mm, that went with me while i started my career as in working together uh, accepting different ideas because it was about uh, when i jumped into my solo career it was all about me you know it was about me sharing my thoughts. It was about me sharing my emotions. 
but also it was about me understanding that the people around me are there to guide me through all those steps. Yeah. Huh, interesting. Interesting. Looking forward to, of course, digging more into your, your career. Um, Karun, yeah. let's, let's talk about your music background. When, when did you realize that you could actually make this your livelihood? You, this wasn't just a, a fan thing. You weren't just a fan of a, of mm-hmm. a particular type of music. Uh, I would say uh, it all started when I was almost four years old, five years old. I was very young, younger than I am now, though. (laughs) And uh, I always listened to my mom singing songs, making me uh, learn the lyrics without knowing what they really mean (laughs) or what they really meant. Uh, Sorry. And after that, my family kept pushing me to study the lyrics first of all because I was that type of singer yes I was young but I could sing like uh, fucked up lyrics like I didn't uh, I couldn't I couldn't pronounce yay like the right words so they started by implementing uh, copies of lyrics of the songs that I loved and then by then I started to know that I love this because I I could enjoy every moment I was going through all that from learning the lyrics from learning the melodies the melodies were very easy to to keep a melody in my head was very easy but the words that was the part where my family came in they started helping me to uh, the covers that I was doing, the, they could help me get the lyrics, the right lyrics. And that was the part that my family played in that growth. And they were the one who pushed me. They, wa- they were the ones who made me understand, like, you can do it. My mom was an artist and she was and she was and she still is my biggest, biggest inspiration to do my music. But because I feel like there's a lot I have to do, I have to do more than what she did because I've, she didn't get the chance to reach where she wanted to reach. So I feel like I'm here to finish that journey and go on with my journey. I can say it like that. Oh, dope. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. I'm going to get into um, that support from parents and Mm -hmm. and family just a little bit later into the conversation. But I want to throw the same question to to Karen. When did you discover that you were more than just a fan of the music, that you could actually make this um, your bread and butter or something that could, could get you like a little bag or something? (laughs) <laughs> right um well I guess I was lucky to have parents that were really supportive of my my passion for music at a young age so I never really focused on it as being my career but I also never like it just happened if I can say that because like when I was around eight my dad would take me to studios to see how the equipment that they have and to like actually record so I was kind of always doing it um and I was pretty young when our songs got played on the radio. So like when I joined Camula, for example, um, one of the first songs we ever made kind of just ended up on the radio and blew up. So before I could really think, oh, I need to make money. Like, you know, I was, in, I was in high school, so I wasn't really thinking I need to make money or I can make money. It just 
happened, which was wild. And now becoming an adult, it's almost like going backwards and being like, cool, this has happened, but what else do I like and what else can I can I make money doing? So I think now at this point, it's like I get to experiment with my creativity. Yeah, that's kind of my story. While I still have you, while I still have you, have you discovered something that you you could do something else? What what is that thing? If you have, you know, the thing is, music is so public that the other things that I have, I kind of love the fact that I don't have to tell people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I mean, I won't get too like into it, but I I love tech, I love art, like fine art, and I kind of find ways to marry the two and help other people through that but it's not as me as Karun as the Karun that everybody knows it's just yeah it's my pride dope. Life. and I love that dope. <laughs> dope dope interesting um Steph Steph same question how did you discover that you could be an artist and do this thing and then Joshua is gonna wrap up uh, that topic so we can move on to the next question um for me um it started really early like when i was in raima like um i was really about i was that kid who would sing in parade i was that kid who joined junior choir nininini so i was always around music but i just loved being in front of people i loved entertaining and around i'd say i'd say like in high school when i was watching like coca-cola pop stars and you know like um tasca project fame and the rest that's when i started thinking like okay babe, like there's a career in this thing you know um in the beginning all you wanted to do was just sing in front of people but now as the years have gone on and you know I've, I've gone through the hills and the valleys and all that i think now we're thinking a bit more strategically and but also still trying to find that balance and always remembering that it's it's really always about the music you know it's not so much about the bag as much as it is about you know leaving something you know leaving a feeling within your fans like giving them something to think about or to get them through something you know i hear you do you have like an exact moment where you thought like you know um wow, this is this is my me moment. Because I know, like, with singers, I've hung out with a lot of um, artists. They're always singing, almost to the point, like, it gets annoying. Everything is a song. Was there any one point where you were just singing and then maybe people around you gassed you and told you, yo, you should make money off this? Or you thought, like, yo, I should actually take this seriously. Do you have that eureka moment? Um... I don't, I don't know. Like, there's two things I can point at. The first one was when I, I actually decided, like, okay, I'm really going to go for this. Like, I'm going to make this a career. Um, that was back in 2013. Um, I had just written, a, like, a song. Um, and I don't know. That that song just really moved me. It was called No More. Where's Ipatasai? But... Like, it really, really, really pushed me into that level of thinking, like, I really want to do this for the rest of my life. And I think the second one where I was like, okay, now we can even start chasing bags and thinking, like, about career-wise, like, you know, there's money involved in this or whatever, was probably, I think, I don't remember what uncut it was, but it was the one when we were an alchemist. And, like, the performance was so crazy, 
like every single performance every, every single performer on stage like just killed it the fans were elated like everything was so wild that i was like okay yeah i'm an artist now like like for real for real i'm an artist so um i, I don't remember that that was i think it was back in 2018 maybe it was 20 2017 something like life. that yeah 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 so it was yeah i can definitely look at that because yeah i've performed before i'd performed before and it was like yeah i'd gotten a good reception but there was something about that night that was so wild it was so like it the the air was so palatable like ah, yeah yeah Oh man, it's really dope that uncut features um so highly. When when we do that documentary, you better come with that same praise and that same energy. <laughs> and uh, th- those videos, by the way, are available on YouTube at Uncut Africa. Thank you. You can check them out. Um, Joshua Baraka, same Yo. question. Um, when did you actually discover that you were more than just a lover of music? You also wanted to make it. Um, well, my story is kind of similar to everyone else uh, that has spoken. Um, my dad, my dad is a pastor, and my mom was a worship team leader in church. So, like from a very, very, very young age, I've always um, just my mom has always uh, vocal trained me. Um, I had the chance to like, cause I was in church, so I had like access to like a, a bunch of instruments. So I started learning a bunch of instruments. I was really into music like that. Like I, I loved, I was fascinated by the art of music and everything, like how it made me feel. And yeah, from my young age, I've always been writing cause it's like the only way I can really, I, I really feel like I can express myself properly. Um, writing and production so I, I really took those serious but like singing and singing I never really sang like that I, I had the voice but like I never really sang like that like I, I you, you couldn't catch me singing maybe like once or twice on parade to like get a girlfriend or something but like that's the only time but yeah then I was ready to to blow as a producer or like an instrumentalist or something because I really love putting sounds together and everything. And since my writing is so personal, I really I wasn't really thinking of putting it out there like that. But I think the time I decided I'm going to really take music serious was um, one time when I was, I, I went to a, a, a wedding, like a friend recommended me to sing at a wedding. I'd never really, yeah, sang like that, but I, I still went and I sang at the wedding and damn, I was given so much money, <laughs> like, ah, I was like, man, I should really take this thing serious. And yeah, I've, I started singing and yeah, I just realized uh, that I can I can actually help people go through stuff. The summer music helped me go through stuff and like my writing, instead of keeping it to myself and healing myself, I could also help heal others probably and yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, that, that's when I really started taking this thing really, really serious. Oh, dope. I really like that you used to sing for girls at assembly. That is what, yeah. like, that's why you discovered early you could sing, so you could do that. Women deserve that. Um, 
and we just also sampled your your record just now it was it was really really nice um let's talk let's talk um standing out from the crowd in this day and age i guess um artists are coming up every other day um and and good artists at that people are really making amazing music um how would you say you stand out from the crowd what makes you um what what's your it factor um i think i think what makes me different is how how in tune i am with the music itself like not to brag but i feel like i have like a, a deep understanding of like the music as itself so even like with the music i put out i'm very intentional about it like from the lyrics to the melodies to like every single note in the production and everything and every like piece of rhythm and everything so i feel like it 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 makes me stand out because i can do do so much musically so and like i can i feel like i my stuff is kind of different because there's a level of intentionality i put into it and that's that's something only i can do yeah dope i like that step you you're on the um fitted suit phase dapper <laughs> cut i don't know if it's a phase is this your attempt to stand out from you know what a regular quote unquote artist would possibly dress out in what's 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 the what's the agenda over here with the with the suits Fam, me okay, I, I I don't know if I'd call it a phase. I'm just grown, man. You know, like yeah, man. Like the years are catching up with me. Plus, you know, it's always been a thing. Even back in the day, even back in the day, like 2012 or whatever, when I was first starting out. Um, back then I wasn't wearing a suit, but I was like I'd wear a shirt and then I'd wear like a tie, and even if I'd had any like a, it's almost like a half three piece suit, and then I'd have like jeans or something but um for me it's, it i'm just feeling it right now i like the look um i like what it says about me because i like approaching the game professionally i like um i like dealing with everyone professionally so um i don't i wouldn't call it a phase. maybe i would i don't know it might be a phase but uh for now i'm really enjoying it but i think what makes me stand out is pretty much uh what uh baraka just said is like the intentionality in music um when when i make music i don't make music for it to be a hit song um, i i hope i hope it does i hope it hits but i don't i don't make music so that it can be consumed as much as possible i make music so that it can touch somebody can move somebody and i think i i cut across um as one of those artists who are very 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 dope and won't necessarily spoon feed you everything that's just out there right now like when you come to listen to steph capella you're 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 coming to like get something deeper than just what you would find like on mainstream kawaida so yeah well, while we still have the mic, um, everyone has kind of spoken about having supportive family, parents who kind of like help them grow and nurture their talent. Is it the same thing for you? Did you have family or do you have family that has always been like, yo, yes, let's do this. We're behind you. Or was it like an uphill battle at first? 
I think that's, first of all, let me just say that's a very important question. And, and I, for all the musicians that are listening, um, I think uh, what I'm going to say is very important. Just listen to this, yeah? Um, a lot of times, okay, for me personally, when I, when I was growing up, no. No, I, I didn't have, like, the most supportive um, family or, or, like, guys were like, you're going to go to school, you're going to become a lawyer, you're going to become a doctor, you're going to be, you know, the usual African parents, you know, kind of push. But one thing that, like, after, after they finally understood that that wasn't going to happen, I was going to be a musician, um, one thing that I, I definitely advise people to, like, take a look at is if your family loves you and as a musician there are a lot of days where you struggle like as a as a musician on the on the come up like there are days where you struggle with your bills there are days you'll struggle even with food and just being able to you know to survive and and to be able to do your art and while i didn't have the the like i up to date i don't think my mom knows any single song of mine that i've ever done or i don't think my oh, okay my brothers do my brothers are very much in my corner but even my larger family might not know any of my songs but they've definitely been there for me they've definitely supported me through the humps you know like i was as i was getting up um the the music ladder i'll say so just because they people might not support you in terms of coming to shows or sharing your music or even telling other family members about what you're doing if they're there for you even if it's just financially or emotionally or mentally or you know like when you're when you have family gatherings they're not looking down on you or anything like that i mean that's a big 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 deal and that's something that i came to appreciate much later and i wish i appreciated it at the time it was happening because i was very much wrapped up in the idea that i like i'm alone in this thing like i'm grinding and none of my family members are actually seeing what i'm doing but in truth they've really been there for me they've supported me in every single way and um, i think that's something important for even musicians who are out there that are faced with you know that the parents who won't like really accept their musical dream um if they still support you as a human being that's more than enough wow thank you i feel like we just went to church for a quick minute that is cool <laughs> it's cool it's allowed <laughs> all right i'm gonna i'm gonna throw this to um karen someone you've spoken about having support from your from your folks right in this music business and you've also just talked about um your son having like a, a singing event or something today how important mm -hmm. would you say this support is um like you know from people around you and in what ways can we you know motivate ourselves on the journey as we like you know strive to get to where everybody wants to get or like the epitome of success that someone has envisioned in their minds wait sorry what was that last question <laughs> i'm saying yeah. yeah like how 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 someone can stay psyched you know motivated mm -hmm. in this journey as they're, they're struggling with the challenges and the and the highs and lows of artistry and and you heard about mm -hmm. me asking about your son right yeah yes yes okay cool <laughs> um well you know when i think about being supported and not being supported sometimes i'm like everybody has their specific 
challenge in life that is somehow meant to propel them. I feel like the circumstances that we're born into kind of hold the key to what we really, really want in life. So I feel like when I need motivation, I just look at my life and I sometimes I need a break to like really see it in perspective. But like if if I really want something, okay, now I'm, I was I was about to take it to church. I was, I was gonna say God is gonna help you, gonna find a way. But like, <laughs> amen. No, but like, <laughs> No, but like, like really, sometimes your circumstances are really just pushing you in the direction that you need to go. Like, even if you have got people that are telling you that you can't do something, like use that as fuel to be like, it's cool. That's your opinion, but I'm going to prove it to you anyways. Um, But like for my son, he is a very outgoing kid. He's very talented already. And I mean, he's only five, but... He doesn't know what he wants to be. Obviously, he doesn't need to know what he wants to be, but I can see him doing so many things. And I want to make sure that he knows that he can be anything and that he doesn't have to choose one. I feel like in this day and age, you really don't need to choose one thing. You can be multiple things at once, especially with the way social media is going. Um, but um, yeah, I think I've kind of lost track of... <laughs> Where I was you, going with this. You you had you had us. You had us. It's good. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Um yeah, to to of of course all the artists again, challenges. I don't know if if Karen, since you still have the mic, you wanna take this and then everybody else will kind of share. Um challenges mm-hmm. that you faced from the very beginning of your career are mm-hmm. those the same challenges that you're experiencing now? Is it a new set of challenges? Does it get better or is it always gonna be fighting and fighting and fighting no matter what level you're at? Right. Okay. That's interesting. I, I, I feel like a consistent challenge for me has been um, being brought up with a very global mindset, but having to find a way to localize myself. You know, they say, think global, act local. That's just mm-hmm. a big, that's a business thing all around. But I feel like as Kenyans, even just in general, we're very open to external influence. And so it's very I mean, this has been a conversation for like the past 20 years. Like, what does it mean to be a Kenyan artist, to be a Kenyan musician? And so that's been very interesting for me to also experiment with because for like around three and a half years, I wasn't even living in Kenya and I had a good time in the music industries abroad. But obviously Kenya is home and I love Kenya and that's where like majority of my listeners are. So it's been like me trying to be as authentic as I am and just be myself while also trying to understand the context that I exist in and the Kenyan industry growing as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's been very interesting to watch. I feel like someone needs to make a documentary. I say this everywhere. Like the Kenyan industry is very, very unique. <laughs> do you do you feel like um, the industry is getting better? Because you, you got in pretty young. Um, and and I think you've been here to kind of watch the trends, how um, things are coming and going. Do you think that the music industry is getting any better or have we stagnated and kind of stuck in one place? Oh, wow. Um, I think since 2020, 2018, we've just been getting better. And the thing is, I've seen artists blow up, like even during 
COVID times, like this, this COVID millionaires now that just blew up in those two years, right? And since 2018, I still feel like there's like, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a glass ceiling, but there's just something that is really just keeping Kenyan artists. It's not stagnant because the artists are fire. The, the art is fire. And there, there's also listeners and people are supporting the music. So I don't know what it is, but... I don't know. I see progress, but it's slow. And I, I don't like that. I have to be honest. <laughs> okay. I'll, 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 I'll come back to that topic again. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I also, I'm, I am yeah, curious okay, about that. Maybe we can sidebar and you can even tell me what you think about that one. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I will. By the way, I have a theory on that one. Me, my Kirudi, I'm there. Uh-huh. <laughs> no. oh, you want to talk about it now or later? No, I'm just, I'm just saying. Look, I'm just saying. Like me, I have a theory. I have my theory is, and and probably a little bit more than a theory, but I think one thing about um, Kenyans is, like Karun said, um, we are very, we are very open to being influenced by art from like other places, whether it's uh, whether it's Niger, whether it's SA, whether it's uh, Maju, anywhere. It doesn't matter. But I think there's there's a mindset. There's a mindset where Kenyans are very individualistic. And I think there's sometimes there's a lack of seeing the bigger picture. There's a lack of seeing what our future actually looks like. Um, I think sometimes we people think about the bag that they're making right now and it's more profitable to bring let's say a nigerian artist or to bring like um an artist from us or whatever to come and do what they do and pay them millions of millions and millions because they know like a whole bunch of kenyans will you know flock to the concert and you know they'll make a good bug out of it and not really consider like what's our music scene going to look at look like 10 years from now 15 20 years from now you know um when i was growing up honestly like maybe it was just maybe it was just um just a thing it wasn't happening back then as much but the guys that i grew up listening to walking listen those are the guys who were selling out the concerts those were the guys that were like they were performing they were rock stars they were superstars right and like i just enjoyed it and i was looking forward to getting into that space and doing the same but by the time like i became an artist and actually started doing this thing um it was Akina Two-Face, Akina Nani, like everybody now is being brought in and it's just kind of grown from that space and kept becoming more and more and more and more. And Did we we lose Steph? Steph, are you there? All right. Um... As we wait for 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 Steph to get back on, let's just uh, continue with the conversation. We're gonna pick it up from where Steph was at. Um, yeah. So so Ariel, I'd, I'd like for you to weigh in on this conversation as well. Um, are there any challenges that you faced from the very beginning that you still face? right now as an artist you know does it get any better are you still in the struggle phase like where are you where are you at with this artistry um thank you um i would say uh, i'm not i'm not still struggling with uh, with what i'm going to say 
but I think uh, it's not yet where I want it to be. But uh, the, um, the only thing I'm going to talk about as a challenge is the time uh, when I started music. Of course, I, I always got a lot of uh, negative energy and comments about how different I am. Uh, how I sound, uh, the way I speak, people think uh, she's on drugs, she's on something. And when people are about to give me a gig, they're like, ah, she might be on drugs because compared to what, like how, does I, call, I call them like cheap mentality because you don't judge someone just because the way they're, they're sounding, like you cannot tell if I'm on drugs or not. Well, I find it very stupid, but now uh, I'm not still facing it. And uh, something else I can, it's still on that point of being different, the way I dress up, uh, the type of music I'm doing, the way I vibe, the way I, the way I, my, my character to be specific. It has been a, a big challenge to the music industry here in Rwanda. <clears throat> Sorry, and um, it's getting better and better. I won't say that I'm still struggling because the my society, the society here and all over the world, they are really um, very open to that. Uh, here it was a struggle, of course, in the first days of my career. Understand me, they uh, they get to embrace the, the difference in me. They get to understand that I don't have to be like any other artist, and that's something that I feel like is important to an artist to have to be different and to know that you are different. And the last one is to also uh, make people understand you. It's a lot of energy to keep explaining, explaining, explaining. But time comes and everyone understands you and understands your art, your music, and they get to accept you. So here at my, uh, where I live here in Rwanda, Kigali, I'm really grateful that I don't have to struggle. I don't have to deal with that type of thing because it's a very uh, cheap thing to deal with as an artist because we have a lot of issues to deal with. So you think about, uh, you think uh, coming, explaining yourself about uh, how you are dressed up, you're very masculine or very feminine, you know, all those type of things. Those are the things that, um, those are really the biggest challenges. And uh, the last one is um, the music and the fact that I left the band and kept on doing my own, own stuff. The people here really didn't get it well. They feel like uh, it's pride. They feel like uh, now she's a star and she thinks she leaving the band, she's gonna be better. But yes, to, to answer that, I'm better now. I'm better now. It's not about pride, but I feel like, yeah, it has, some, it has something to do with pride because now, um, I understand myself. I know what I want to do. I know where I want to go. I know where I'm coming from. And that's what uh, that's what's going to make me become more who I am. So those were the things I think that I went through, most of all, apart from my personality, my character, uh, and understanding my music, how different I am. Uh, there's... Uh, 
Oh, wait, and there's something else, if I can add it on that list. Um, there's a fact of being, it's, it's always about my personality. Uh, older, old man, uh, well, male, male, male gender, that's not on my age, uh, trying to uh, bribe me with, uh, you know, telling me, I... Uh, Ariel, you're good, you're good, but the way you dress, stop, it's not going to make you rich far. Uh, do this, you're sexy like this, you attract more people and you're wearing this and this. That was also something I went through and it really killed me a bit, but I'm not dead. <laughs> inside, I'm not dead. But like, it really messed messed up my head. I, I would say, now I'm probably saying that I it made me depressed, but I thank God and um, my family and my closest friend that I got over it. And uh, now I know that I don't need all that to be good or to be great. So to me, personally, those were the top uh, challenges I've been facing, but I can't say that I'm still dealing with them. Yes, they're still going on, but I know it's not going to stop. I know it's not going to stop. We are artists, as everyone here, they know that. Uh, there's always something to talk about an artist. There's always something negative or positive to talk about an artist. So I just take them as things that are meant to just be there because I cannot stop all of everyone who has something to say about who I am, how I'm dressed up and all that, you know. So, yeah, that's... That's it. Whoa. It, oh, Karen, I see your mic is on. Do you want to say something before I go in? Uh, just wanted to say that um, I'm glad you're you're better now because I kind of relate to that story of like all that <laughs> stuff that people say kind of getting to your head. And I've I've also had depression and stuff. So I just hope you're you're good. And I hope that you know that like nothing that they say should change how you want to express yourself and that you're beautiful Thank and you. you're fine. <laughs> Thank you, Karen. I, I appreciate this coming from you. And I um, I hope you got over it too because it's things that you you only you can say that you got over it because we might act like we're okay on the outside, keep doing music, but it stays there. Only you can, you know. Definitely. Um. I mean, it took me a couple of years, but I think when you finally do actually heal from it, you can look back and be like, oh, yeah, two years ago when I said I was cool, I really wasn't. But at least I kept like pushing. So I think it's important yeah. to just surround yourself with the right energy. And you yes. should be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was actually going to be um, my next question. I like I like this beautiful exchange that we've just had. But like, how do you. Um, nurse yourself um out of it how do you heal from it like what are some of the things that you maybe did how do you like um set yourself apart and decide to stick to your guns regardless of what everybody outside of you is saying um the funny thing is that it's very hard to pretend to be someone else more than just being yourself well, on my side, that's what I think because I'm not going to lie. I really tried. I really tried. 
But in the end, I was like, I'm the one who's losing here. I'm the one who's not giving what I have in me. So the, the most important thing to always remember when you're in that type of situation is to, to understand what's really going on, you know? Sometimes things go on and you you are not sure, like, am I depressed or I'm not, you know? So the first thing is to understand what you're going through. And to me, I uh, what has been helping me is to be alone because I got my space to digest everything that was going on. And of course, the positive energy that Karen was talking about, uh, the people around me that are making me stick to what I am and who I am. Those are the type of thing. And the support from the families is something that's very important because you might go through that musically and also as a person in your home at home your your mom and dad they're telling you hey you're this and this okay go into cars stuff like that you need to change you know and they don't understand it themselves and they're the only one who are close to you they're the closest so to me i feel like when you have that support as well it really get it really gets you going on move forward and keep doing what you're good at. Yeah. Dope. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Joshua Baraka, I'm going to ask you the same question. I hope, Steph, you remember what you were saying before you dropped off, because I'm going to pick on you next. Um, but uh, Joshua Baraka, same question. What are some of the challenges that you faced from the very beginning? Are Is it the same set of challenges? Are things different now? Like, where are you with the artistry? Um, well, for me, my main issue was like right before, right before I decided to do music, because like um, my parents really, really, really wanted me to be like a, a doctor, and uh, like I had the brains, but I didn't have the the passion for it. I guess like I I didn't really want it. So um, getting ready to tell my parents that this is what I want to do for the rest of my life, and I feel like what I really can do because I really tried to do other things and I really couldn't and it was really hard but I finally uh, grew the balls and told my parents. Uh, initially it was like difficult for them but then at the end of the day you're your own person and they can't really force you to do something you, you really don't want to do. So yeah, that went well and yeah, and then getting into the space I didn't really know anyone or anything but um i'm really blessed that when i re when i started out i i had a very good team which i'm I, i'm still with but um besides that um the uh, another challenge i faced is our industry is really is really locked on a particular sound and i feel like even in uh, like with the internet with the interactions i've had with like um, artists and talent managers and all these music execs from different like parts of like the world, they still see Uganda in a particular light because of like a particular sound it was really famous for, and that sound is Zouk and Lingala. Because for a very long time here, we we uh, like the, a big majority of the people didn't have like digital TV. It had analog TV, which had like ten channels, and they really played like the same kind of music. Um, because digital TV was like, like analog TV was removed when I was like 
like like a few years ago and that's when like this whole sound really started getting into UG smartphones were now popping off and everyone had a smartphone that's when like people started understanding that there's like a different sound so shifting from all that and like doing that the kind of music I want to do and the kind of music I'm doing really put me in a space where there are a few people like me um but like the light in which the world sees Uganda is very not nice. And even within the country itself, we, ha- we still have people like stuck on that particular sound, which is like Zouk and Lingala. So when you try to like bring in like R&B or like you're fusing in all these sounds of like gospel soul and everything, like guys are like, man, you're trying to be a Muzungu, what? You probably went to like international schools, but like I grew up like in the hood. And like, the unfortunately, the people that really like run the industry here are the ones who are still locked in that particular sound. But um, with the grace of God, um, I've I've had the opportunities that you know to to get into all these spaces and grow as an artist and everything. And like, what I can say is that like, as an artist, the best thing you can do is is grow your craft. Because no, no one can really stop good work. That's what I think personally. So all you have to do is like keep doing your best and like people will always, because even here it's really so hard. It's really so hard, but like there are always those people that will understand what you're doing and will work with you and they'll only keep increasing. They'll only keep increasing if you, if you, if you keep like consistent and everything. So things have, have been better and you guys should really check out music from Uganda because there's some really, really dope artists here. And yeah, you've seen me now, but like there are very, very many people here who are really, really dope. But it's just the, that sound that was that really made, like was famous here, which is not really, okay, it's, I don't know if it's nice. Me, I don't know if it's nice. Me, I like what I do, but uh, yeah, that's maybe like the, the major issue. But it's not even an issue because right now uh, in Uganda there are different like societies. Because um, when you when you block a plant that's trying to grow, it 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 will it will branch out and try to grow in different ways. And that's the same thing people here have done. Like artists here, uh, we have artists who make a, a particular sound, a new sound, have communities, and they're trying to like make their own shows and concerts. There's expressions UG, Bantu vibes, new wave UG, and they're all trying to like um, grow their communities. And with time, the communities will grow because I've seen my community grow, and it has now because like I'm now here. Yeah, so that's not really a challenge. And yeah, we'll make it through. Make it through. We'll bring Uganda to the world. Uh, I don't know if I can say something about that. If the host. Go ahead. Um, I would like to um I don't know if it's correcting him about what he what he just said about Rhonda being stuck into whatever that he said. Um as artists we have to respect uh different um opinions of other artists. Uh let's say uh artists that are blowing up here, they have uh, 
a certain sound and I love to see people, I love to see the new generation from here collaborating with artists from Uganda. To me, I really love it. I don't want to get stuck to what Uganda is not doing best or not. I just feel like we should be more, we should appreciate more of what's going on, like what's going on good. I don't say that we don't have to say, uh, we don't have to talk about what's not going right because that's why we're doing this type of space yeah but also oh sorry no i'm I'm just well maybe i I didn't i didn't i didn't get it well but also i just feel like there's something to say there's trendy vibes that are going on all over the african countries even here in my country it's going on like that but something else i can say is that people like People like um, people like you, people like you, people like me, are here to make the difference. There's a there's we have a, we have our own crowd, you know. We have our own people that love our music, and that's a journey that we're going to build up. That's something that that's the number of the people that we're gonna raise by sticking to what we love and who we are. Uh, people judge uh, you're doing a different sound, you're different. People call it the Muzungu's sound. You're doing Muzungu's music, but they're wrong. Music, all the, sorry to use this word, all the fucking music genres came from black people. It came from our ancestors. So I feel like we should be proud to be doing that different type of music. To me, I'm all about different. I'm all about doing all that. I'm all about doing uh, something that someone is going to ask me. Uh, why are you doing something like this? It doesn't sound like what uh, the other person is, is doing, the other artist is doing. It makes me feel like there's something I have to say. I have to inspire you. I have to educate you. You know, I just I just wanted to point it out just easily. Yeah, that, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But... All right. um, as I was saying, like, mm-hmm. I'm not disrespecting the the. No, no, I know, I know. I'm just saying, like, there should be room for other people who do for all sounds to thrive. Exactly. Like, there shouldn't be only a particular, like, they shouldn't write people artists off because of like a particular genre or a particular way they sound or where they mm-hmm. from or but who they are. Like let artists be artists, and that's the only issue. That's the one of the, like the major issues we have here. But as I was saying, I, it's really, it's it's really not an issue anymore with like social media and everything. You can't really, you can't really stop yeah. an artist from putting art out. It's not like, like right now everything is like dependent on TV and radio. Like you can really just do your thing, and people get to know you, and you grow your crowd, and yeah. At the end of the day, everyone will, 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 will get something. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Can I, can I say something? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, I, I don't Okay. To the Kenyans who are here, like, I think this is really fascinating. Because... Um, yeah. You guys have to admit, like, we have the complete opposite problem. <laughs> Because for us guys, um, it's like Kenya's been searching for that sound. 
like forever, right? Like we've exchanged what we st- there's been Genge, there's been Kapuka, there's been Bumba, there's been I don't know. We've had so many different sounds, and we can't settle on one thing. And the gengeton was the latest, I think. And we can't seem to settle on one thing, and and that's the thing that keeps on. Um, I don't know. Like it kind of holds us back because we keep importing a lot of like we we've gone through the lingala phase of importing lingala, then we went through kwaito, then we've gone through. Um, I don't I don't know what Nigerian music is called. Let's just call it Niger music. And then we've Afro gone beats. through Afrobeats. <laughs> then we've gone through um, now there's Ama Piano. And we just keep importing because we can't seem to like find that one sound, that uniting sound that we can call the Kenyan sound that we can export. So just listening to Baraka saying like, you know, um, in Uganda, they're they're so stuck on one sound. And like the problem there is that and and you're trying to break out of that nutshell. And it's, it's fascinating. I just wanted to say it's completely fascinating to hear. You know what would be cool? Because mm-hmm. um, like a setting that we're having right now, which is very East African based and not just based in one specific country, is how could we like break open the borders and kind of collaborate? Because I know that... Um, sorry, can you guys hear that? Anyways, um, I know that things move faster when you're moving as part of like a group or like as a wave. There's more impact in that. So... Trace, as an East African platform, do you think that us collaborating between countries would help us kind of grow faster? Well, I don't know if I can say something, but um, I personally agree with that. Um, From the time I started uh, my career, I've tried to have more um, collaborations out of my country. And it has it has really helped because yeah it has it has brought me here that's that's one thing and i feel like that 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 shows that there's more there's more to that particular like people in my country will know that there's more to kenya when i collaborate with you and they'll know you and then if you collaborate with me and your people will know me it i feel like it will really it can really because Kenya and Uganda are very hard to separate, but I feel like musically we've been separated for like so long, so long. Like we don't really connect like that musically. And I feel like us collaborating will, will really, really, really like shift this, this whatever is going on and put more light on us and grow our, our respective careers. That's what, that's what I think. And I feel like I'm, I'm all in for collaboration. I feel like it's the only way that we can really tap into different crowds faster and grow ourselves as artists. Also, like, when you collaborate with an artist that you respect or something, like, you, you're always, like, learning something and everything. So you grow yourself as an artist, you're getting the bug, you're getting the crowd and everything. And, yeah, I, I feel like collaboration is the way to go. And that's the... Because even here... Um, as I said, like in in our country, in my country, Uganda, um, the sound is divided. So the quote unquote mainstream guys, 
don't want to really collaborate with the guys who do like this other kind of music. Guys who don't do dancehall and like Lingala and or like Seben or something. Like Ozuk, they don't want to like really collaborate with guys who do like R&B or hip hop. And and that has really weakened our industry. I've I've been lucky to get to get like collaborations from like um these other guys, the mainstream guys, and it has worked out. And we have had very good songs. The songs have been uh, relatively successful. And that really showed me that I can really collaborate with these guys and we can make very good art. But that's only if they are willing. So me, I'm really down for collaboration. I feel like it's the only way we can really, okay, it's one of the big ways we can really change our, like the view on our things and our sound and everything. Just to just to add on that, I think um, something else I'd say is for for as an artist, be bold. Don't be afraid to explore different markets, new markets. Um, in recent times, I've seen uh, a lot of Ghanaian artists get into the country, that try to do some music, do some media tours as well. I think Tanzanian artists do the same thing. So if you're able to go beyond just making the music with an artist, maybe tour their country country do a few media stops do a few club stops like go go ahead and plug your music directly to the fan and see how it tests out that's that's what i'd add um karen you wanted to say something no not really just just that the 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 mixes of genres that um baraka had mentioned kind of sounded like they would have been really cool (laughs) so i'd love to hear some of those if you ever do collaborate with like bigger art, like a pop artists with your different, yeah, sound. I mean, I think uh, this is Danny from Trest. So I just, I just wanted to, first of all, I mean, I think very insightful conversations. And uh, I think thanks to all the, the guys that are contributing. I think it's, it's quite informative. I think from a Trest perspective, what, what it is we do is we, we provide a platform and we we're able to make your, your music reach uh, markets that you desire and markets that ideally would be commercially attractive to you. So I think like when you look at because we, we operate a Pan African network and a global one at that we're able to get your music to markets in Europe, markets across Africa, which then help you uh, be able to commercialize but be able to do things like you're talking about like we need to collaborate with artists from other parts of the continent because then that speaks to marketability but also traveling, how your music travels across and beyond uh, your countries and because music is an international uh, music speaks internationally so if you look like uh, I go at times to places like Cote d'Ivoire and I found I find uh, bongo music diamonds being played by a French person who doesn't even understand uh, Swahili so music can travel and people do appreciate that because it speaks to emotions and it speaks to uh, making people feel better but drives connectivity and I think what I'd encourage you guys to do is and I think a lot of you have spoken to it. Decide who your target audiences are, uh, what they consume, what they like, and speak to that target audience. Um, whether it's whatever beat, uh, I think any beat can be appreciated by a specific audience when you desire it to be to be that way. And us guys are there to really help you 
uh, export your music to other parts of the world. That's really what we do from a platform uh, perspective. We operate a couple of platforms from labels, uh, from the TV networks, from radio stations. Uh, we'll give you platforms that enable you uh, to express yourself, but ultimately help you commercialize uh, your trade and your IP. Uh, that's really what Trace uh, brings to the table. But I, I must commend all of you just for the insights and the discussions that uh, you're having and uh, bringing to the table. Awesome. Thanks for that. Yeah, now that, now that we're talking about like this crossover, um, I want to ask this question. We've, we've noticed, like, uh, I'd say Afrobeats, I guess, is, is now an international genre quote unquote like it's it, there's a billboard it's part of the billboard 100 Thames wannabe t awards recently burner boy with the grammys um and of also when labels are opening up in in africa it's like they they, they focus on south africa and and south african artists like with the def jam um <clears throat> it seems as if there's a lot of um uh, foreign focus on Western Southern Africa as East African artists or artists in the East African region. Do you think there's hope for music that's coming out of these countries or like is it going to be Afrobeats, you know, raising the flag for African music for a while? I kind of just want to hear your views on it. Okay, I mean, I think... Can you hear me? Uh... Yes. Yeah, I think there's, look, I think there's a lot of talent when I look at East Africa and uh, Kenya, Uganda. I've, I've listened to music. The Rwandese have extremely good music. I mean, uh, we've, we've, we've seen and we've played music from that uh, market. Same for Uganda. Tanzania is, I think, uh, doing extremely, exceptionally well at this point in time. Uh, Kenya is, uh, I think there's great music when you look at um, all the new guys coming through, uh, Nikita, Kinakarun, all these guys, I mean, uh, there's, there's great music and I think it's just a question of um, how do we treat this as a profession? How do we brand ourselves? I think someone spoke to making tours, you know, like when I'm always in the studio, when I'm in the office, I see Nigerian guys coming through um, and they always come in to just market their music. So I think from uh, we also must market our music. Uh, we must go out, and I think it's Karen who mentioned, we must make the tours uh, to different countries, uh, do the media tours, popularize, popularize your music. Um, we'll play our part in terms of just being able to take your music to different parts. You know, I tell guys, like, I don't want to play, I don't need to play a, a Kenyan person's music in Kenya, but I can play it in France, where you'll get publishing rights and you'll get uh, open up markets that would not have been open to you. So I think right. just taking taking a, a professional approach to the trades, I think uh, music is a huge part of the creative uh, culture industry and has huge potential. Uh, but we need to understand the business of music because there's a business aspect to it, how you position yourself, how you brand yourself, um, how all these things, the pieces come together from the time you create to the time you position in the various markets that then drives things like collaborations with other artists from this market. Um, so it's a whole business. It's not um, 
I mean, I know people do it as a hobby, but it's not. It's it's a business, and if you look at uh, from an opportunity perspective, I think that is where uh, the opportunity for Africa uh, lies. And I think East Africa is not an exception. So I think it's just a function of us being able to bring our music to the fore so that the big labels, uh, Sony, uh, Warner, uh, starts, uh, Universal starts to then uh, do deals and... Uh, uh, commercialize our music in a way that makes it viable for uh, artists from East Africa. Thank you. Thank you, Danny. Um, while my esteemed counterpart, Miss uh, Karen, has has given us a, a, a lot of pointers, the one about uh, borders was mine. Um, so if you're making plaques, let it, let it be said that, uh, Ruby said that. <laughs> Um, yeah, to the artists on the on the space, I want to ask, what do you think this means for the artists in the present and future generations? This uh, global attention on on what Africa has to offer, Steph. Um, that's a good question. Um, for East Africa. Um, again, I think it kind of little bit goes back to that sound thing that we are talking about. Like, say for example, like Tanzania has a very definite, um, I think, sound right now. I, like, what I can uh, diamond are doing, like harmonize. Um, it's it's very you once you if you hear it once, you'll know this is from like a certain region. Um, and I've just heard from Baraka say the same thing about Uganda, and even Ariel said the same thing about Rwanda. So I think I think definitely we have the we we have the capacity to be involved in that conversation of having at least content within the global space. Um, as for how how definite like can they be can it be like okay this is this is this artist from kenya and this is the sound that they do or whatever i don't know about that um especially because even the artists that are here like we kind of do music that's kind of international so to speak ish um i don't know i don't know how we were we are supposed to participate like with that kind of uniqueness that Afrobeats comes with or I'm a piano comes with. But I do know we make good music. And uh, it's just our job to find the people who love the music that we make and push it to them. Um, I, I really don't have like a very clear answer as to how we as East Africa participate into that um, global conversation of like African music right now. Karen? You have something to add to that? Uh, no, <laughs> this has been the okay. stress of my life. <laughs> okay, let me let me then ask you another question. Since we're talking about you know Kenya struggling to find that sound, um, do you think having one one genre is limiting? Would would it be more limiting to have one genre and kind of expect every artist to make music that? fits that specific sound or do you find it better that people get in and they can explore they can make r&b or rock or hip-hop or afro beats on a piano whatever it is that they desire i personally think that genres are very limiting i've never subscribed to any genre ever since i was like Ever since I first came into this industry, people would ask, what's your genre? And I, I kind of, I grew a distaste for that word because it felt like a box. 
but it's not i know i know why genres are important because when it comes to like giving awards and like looking back at history you need to have a name for certain things so i understand why genres are important but as an artist i think the thing that makes you you can transcend and does transcend genres like for example someone like rema can make a freaking electro song he could make r&b he can make afro beats and he still sounds like grandma like it doesn't matter what genre you do as long as you have your you thing and i feel like that's way more important than but i i, I know that the power of niches and knowing how to like pitch your music and where your music fits that's also a business-minded thing so i see the power in that but i, I ultimately as an artist that i'm gonna come from this perspective of needing to be flexible and needing to be myself. True that. On that on that question, I also want to ask this um, to Joshua Baraka as well, because I was reading your bio and it does say that you refuse to be associated with a, a particular genre, right? You just want to make music. You want to you want to do what it is that you want to do at the time. Um, but if we look at global stages, this is to all the artists as well, but we'll start from Joshua. If you look at global um, stages, for example, you would know that Drake is the hip-hop artist who fuses melodies into his raps, right? Um, Bob Marley is known for reggae. Lil Wayne is known as the hip-hop artist who did a rock album like there's um there's that clear distinction this is a, a certain artist but they can do xyz chris brown is an r&b artist but he tried he had his little rap stint right he has a few rap songs um do you think that this plays to your advantage or disadvantage just being known as an artist because fans will come across different types of music does this multiply your fan base or do you does it um limit you i guess i i personally think um being like succumbing to a particular genre of music like for example drake recently put out like almost like a, a whole house album like will people stop listening to drake will drake fans stop listening to drake no because it's it's drake and if people who love drake and like other artists who want to be like drake see that they will probably also do house and for all you know, house will take over America, and then it will take over the world, and it will become the new sound of America. You see what I'm trying to say? Like, I feel like as an artist, me, I'm not personally as Joshua Baraka. I'm not going to go into studio and be thinking I should really make the Ugandan sound. Like, I don't. I feel like you just have to be you. Like when I'm in studio, I'll be thinking, how do I? express myself like how do i say this like what's my intention with the song do i want people to dance in the in the club do i want to like like, like what do i want to do with the song do i want like the people to when you're like chilling and you're listening to it when you're like in your feels when they've just when your girlfriend has left you when when something has happened in your life that's what i'm thinking about in studio i'm not really thinking damn i should really you get like it's very very limiting and i feel like it doesn't make you, it stops you from doing so much. Because right now we're viewing Nigeria as, like we're judging Nigeria from like the few artists that have blown from there who do Nigeria, you'll find communities of people who do R&B, who do what, who do what. 
Um, we also have to realize that Nigerians have budget. It's yeah. if you have enough money, you can push your. If you have the resources, you <laughs> that part. Kind of music. Yeah, you can like push anything. You can, you can wake up and whistle on a song, and if I have money, it will be sung all over the world. It doesn't mean it's the Ugandan sound, though. So what I'm trying to say is that as an artist, I, I, I personally feel like I, I just have to do what I, I, I feel like I should do. And then um, like then the rest is like basically just like marketing and everything. But also I feel like it's limiting because like as a musician, I've, 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 uh, I've been able to like read through like the history of music and everything and like for example, like most of the genres that have come about are basically just fusions of like different genres. Like for example, if you listen to like the, this is me geeking out musically, but like I'm just driving a point home. Like if you see, if you listen to like the um, Whiskey album made in Lagos, it's not all Afrobeat. It has African rhythms and like R&B instrumentation and everything, like they are really literally just fusing a lot of things. Their music is able to like um, communicate to a lot of people. Cause a person who, who, who listens to R&B will listen to like the R&B song, the R&B chords they played on like the African rhythms and everything, like they're fusing a lot of things. And that's why their music is, is different. It's not really just shakers and drums and like catchy melodies, although it is to a point, but like, I feel like you just have to do what what you can do as an artist and do it and try to sell yourself as a genuine person and like as your your genuine art as it is and people will react to that and people will like love that and you grow and I can't you can't tell me that I personally will blow all over the world and Uganda won't be known like people will think that's the Ugandan sound probably if I blow so I feel like you just have to grow yourself as an artist and whatever communities that you've made in the place you're in will also like fall into everything and you'll just have your own sound. It's not something you can really be like, let's make a sound. I feel like it's something that just happens as you keep creating and being yourselves. Yeah. Got you. Got you. Steph? You know, um, can I just say that I feel like being... Um, genreless or being multi a multi-genre artist is like the future i think more and more artists like in this day and age are coming out to they have different interests they have different uh, they have love for different genres and and not even necessarily just genres like baraka was saying it was like just a fusion of genres so for me from the very beginning i've always like done everything i started out as like uh, an r&b singer but i've also done afro pop i've also done um i've also done hip-hop i've done r&b i've done all kinds zook reggae i've done all kinds of different things and i honestly i just love everything when it has as it comes so um i think that's the future just the way ruby said like you know Lil Wayne is the hip hop artist who did a rock album, um, or Drake is the kind of is a hip hop artist who sings and fuses melodies. So I think that's exactly what's what the future is looking like. And at some point, I think people will be much much more involved in doing music that's just cuts across the board and not a specific genre. 
Vicky Secrets, the album, out now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> go get that. <laughs> <laughs> go get it. Go get it right now, man. It's out. It's been out. Yo, man. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for sharing. I want to shout out everybody that's um, tuned in tonight. I see the myth is in the building. What's up, fam? Asam Gavi. These are some dope-ass artists. So, um, yeah, we appreciate you having being here with us tonight. And, guys, of course, don't be afraid. Don't be shy. If you can get on the mic, you can definitely um, get on Twitter. Feel free to ask questions, to contribute to the conversation as well, to highlight anything that stands out to you. The hashtag you can use is hashtag trace twitter space and the good people at trace east africa have actually decided that they're gonna award you for you know progressing this conversation online we have 1000 worth of airtime to give away we're gonna be wrapping up in a couple minutes so if you haven't sent in your tweets just yet get on there let's do this um i want to ask across the board what um, some of your career highlights have been? What are some of those moments that definitely stand out to you so far on this journey? Ariel, is she is she off? I think we, we lost her. Okay, Karen, you can go. Okay, I can go, but I also can't stay. So I guess after this, I'm going to have to say goodbye. No problem. Um, career highlights, man. Recently, I've been saying, like, I feel like I've started again. Like, I always reinvent myself. So my my generic answer is that it hasn't happened yet. But every time, okay, apart from that, every time I travel and I meet artists and I come back and I make music from that new headspace, it feels like that's an amazing moment for me. And it's crazy because I know people are expecting me to say, oh, when I won this award or when I opened for this artist or when I met so-and-so, but it's really just like when when life reminds me why I love this so much that that I those, those are the like those are like the most pivotal moments of my career. Oh my god, I don't know why I'm not being able to speak. Um but um because I have to go, I really just wanted to to let people know that I have a song out on Thursday next week, so it's literally 7 days until my song comes out. It's called Pen and Paper. Um please follow me if if you guys haven't <laughs> followed me or haven't heard of me before um thank you so much trace um hopefully you guys will play my song too um and and i've got to go but thank you so much guys thank you karoon thank you so much i forgot my mic was off so yes thank you so much for your time we really do appreciate you like spending time with us i i got the brief that you were gonna be um a lot shorter than you were so so thank you for for spending that extra time with us um we really do appreciate it yes check out her music on youtube um you can also follow her across all social media platforms steph capella career highlights is what we're talking about um i honestly like i'm glad that karun just left because i was gonna say the same thing um 
really truly like when life reminds you why you do what you do um sometimes we can do things we can do things with very high expectations and like thinking that things are going to move a certain way and when they don't um it kind of reminds you and asks you or it makes you ask yourself like very deep questions as to why you're doing what you're doing um in the first place and when you get to reconnect with yourself and understand why you do what you do it's like a breath of fresh air it it, it really like it kind of kicks in that motivation um but if i can point to one thing that i think was absolutely amazing was um a show what we did back in 2018 um the flavor was opening up um and I remember I I was going on I was going just I was one of the first acts to be honest but I had planned so well for that show and I, and I really wanted to give the fans something that they could remember and I remember that show going so well minus minus the parts that were like my my pants kind of ripped open but nobody noticed so that was dope um yeah it was such an amazing show um and and i've been chasing that feeling ever since and just like baraka said you know nigerians have budgets and such and such um i really am looking forward to the day when i can put like a a good budget on a good show i think that's something that um as even even as an industry right now like the performance space we're kind of I don't want to say we are lacking in imagination but I want to say we are lacking at least in the funding or something cuz I I I tend to watch a lot of concerts especially international concerts like a Beyonce or a Jay-Z concert or something and the kind of staging that goes and and the kind of imagination that goes into creating that kind of yeah experience is so intense and it's so big and i and i want to see that i don't want to see us guys do the same um this just that's what i'm looking forward to i guess i kind of got off topic there kidogo but yeah yo shoot your shot trace is on here what what's that what's a good budget looking like like what what are we what are the numbers <laughs> let me say let me say kwanza like i mean it's it's not even just about like having 10,000 or 20,000 or 30,000 people pull up it's about like you know having a guy come from like below the stage like on some elevator looking something or somebody like dangling over some ropes and you know having fireworks and all kinds of different like spectacles right and like I really I'm not I'm not going to die until I do this. This I promise. Like me and God have a deal. We've we've spoken about this. So like that's the kind of thing that I want to bring up. And uh, Tris, uh, if you're listening, uh, which I know you are, uh, hook it up, hook it up, hook it up, you know. Uh, we we've got some things to do here and f- I do want to say thank you. I do want to say thank you to Trace. Uh, thank you, Ruby. Um, thank you to Baraka, Ariel, and of course, Karun, um, for just this conversation has been so enlightening. Um, so, um, and I'm looking forward to working with Baraka. I'm looking forward to working with Ariel, um, spreading the wings across, just like Baraka said. Like it's once we collaborate, people over there get to know about us, and people over here get to know about Chow. So thank you everyone and uh please do have a good night. Thank you. The, but still still on the line still. We we we're, we're not yet done. Um I'm here. Mr. 
Mr. Mr. Better Days. Radio host. I see you have the mic. Are you ready to speak to us? His, uh, I see from his bio, show host from Uganda, Josh. Yes. Hello. Hey, what's up? Nothing much. My name is Joshua. I am, I'm glad we have another Joshua now. So I am a radio host and an entertainment journalist. But as well, I am a music director at Jazz. I love the discussion and it is a really interesting. I have um, some few observations that I've uh, noted here. For starters, I, I think we need to understand. I've um, had the discussion of um, the genre and I think we need to maybe differentiate the genre and the sound. I don't know if we do notice, but every time we are giving examples and, and talking about how industries are succeeding, especially in Africa, we are majorly giving examples from West Africa. And and that should be a key pointer to show that maybe we also um, can see the reality that we are maybe not performing very well. But I, I would I, I would like us to also see the, the fact that West Africa is... Is, is, you know, all the music that is out there, the, the music that is on the billboard and everywhere out there that is being sold as African music is majorly West African music. And they are so good that they are selling this music as African music. Um, we are having a challenge that even us, we are identifying as African music, but to be specific, most most of that music is is majorly West African music, and and it's not West African in general. Because, for example, you will notice that West Africa has um has got gotten onto the Amapiano you know genre and capitalized on it. Some of the best Amapiano songs have been done by West Africans. So I think we need to to understand that and and maybe try to get some notes on how they have done this. What what we need to understand is you can I think it's my opinion anyway we, we, you can be able to adjust in terms of genres but then there is that sound the sound which identifies you like someone here said Rema can do um, a house song and then he stays as Rema that 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 is what I'm talking about and it's a challenge that we have in East Africa we don't have that um, unique sound. And I would like to also confirm that even in Uganda, we have the genre or genres, but we don't have that unique sound. And it's a challenge we have had. We've had a number of artists trying to come up with different genres. Someone tried to, you know, fuse traditional um, music and make it kind of urban. And they started a, a genre called Bax Raga, but um, it wasn't well appreciated. Of recent, there is um, a very talented writer in Uganda called uh, Yese Oman Rafiki. He also says he's trying to come up with a genre called Afroganda and, and he's not really progressing very well. And I, I so it is a big challenge that we don't have a sound that we can push together because trust me, if, if you're doing this alone, it becomes very, very hard. Even when you have a budget, it's very, very hard. But if it is a combination of efforts, it becomes quite easier. And, and of course, with the efforts comes, I think, the collaboration. I'll give an example. Rosary was here in Uganda 
and and she was working with Spice Diana and um, I can confirm that she really got Uganda's attention and I'm certain she has a fan base in Uganda. Spice Diana, I think, did the same in Tanzania and she must have grabbed some fans because right now she's continuing, continuing to grow bigger. So it is really important to collaborate and work together. But then the key issue is um, the identity. You need to have identity. And, and we also have a challenge of record labels. We are talk, um, someone was talking about Sony Universal. We have had quite a number of artists in Uganda signing deals with many of these record labels. Unfortunately, some of the deals they sign are just distribution. And this is a challenge. Many of our, if not most or all of them, artists from Uganda that have been signed onto these big deals turn out with their careers, you know, not moving forward or progressing. Because I, I was watching an interview. We have um, one of the best rappers that we've had in Uganda, Keiko, and she was talking about a deal that she signed with an international uh, big label. And she said it was really tiresome that and, and you know, exhausting and it wasn't bringing in back you know the money and everything so we have a challenge that these labels come in and and they they really don't deliver maybe i we need to find out also why that happens but the biggest key issue is is the unity that happens um, i'm seeing east africa is so much keeping it on the beef side like artists still have the mentality of you know building crowds and fans around beef but this is not you know, uh, working. It has proved not to work to a bigger extent. Many of these artists have been big in their countries and maybe in the region, but then crossing out of Africa has become a very, very huge challenge. And when you look at West Africa, there is so much of the unity. We have seen artists like Davido, Mr. Easy, and Wizzy Kid pulling up a number of West African artists into maybe London, and these artists have been introduced to those audiences and they have been supported. And and that has really given them a very big push. So I am am of a belief that maybe we need to rethink and, and, you know, get to the board and understand that we need an identity. And, and, you know, the sound is not even something different, like just, just instruments, yeah? We just get instruments or, you know, that identify us. For example, when you listen to um, West African music, you will notice even if it's an urban piano song or a hip-hop song, you can easily understand that it is, you know, from West Africa. And and that is that will also give room to the genres that I'm, I've maybe been sidelined to, you know, also blossom. But if it is yeah, an artist... Josh, I, I, I completely agree with uh, what you said. I think I think the conversation about sound would like definitely need I- its own space because there's there's a lot more that we could discuss about like you know sound and 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 get getting that niche right. Um, but thank you so much for for contributing to tonight's conversation. Very very insightful points. I, I'm pretty sure everyone here has. Um, taken something home to think about um guys i want us to wrap up the space so i'm just gonna ask uh if we have any closing remarks if someone wants to send a shout out yeah let's let's do that now as we as we wrap tonight 
Um, I'll just say go check out my new song, Kalesana Leather. Um, it dropped this month. Uh, yeah, we're still this month here. Yeah? yeah, go check out my new song, Follow Your Boy. Um, and it has been a pleasure. And shout out to everybody here. Shout out to Mr. Better Days. That was great advice. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it. Thank you. Um, while Steph is on the mic, does anyone have a question for him before before we proceed? Yes, Joshua. Um, well, you get me. Uh, oh, yes. Um, let's have Joshua Baraka say something, wrapping remarks as we as we wrap this up. Well, um, I'm very very thankful for um being given the opportunity to speak here and yeah, um, you can check out my music, check me out, follow me, and everything. Also, um. I wanted to say there's a lot more talent from Uganda. There's a lot more talented artists from Uganda that you really, really need to check out. Um, we have different guys. We have different communities. We have Bantu guys from like the Bantu Vibes Collective and from New FUG and everything. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like you guys should really check out Ugandan music and should be look on the lookout for Ugandan music because I feel like we're about to take over in a minute. And yeah, uh, I wouldn't mind being on the forefront of that. Yeah, and you should really check out my music and yeah, blessings, blessings and everything, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Baraka. And, and I, I think I'll hold you to it. Everyone here knows your handle. Steph, uh, Baraka, Karen, all you guys are all about collaboration. So I, we would expect at least a banger from you guys and Ariel as well. Unfortunately, we lost her. Baraka, you were saying something? No, I was just saying definitely. I was, I was hyping. Oh, okay. Dope, dope, dope. Thank you so much, guys. Does anyone have a question? We have um, come to the end of our Twitter space tonight. I hope you've, you've had fun tonight i hope you've enjoyed yourself i hope i hope you've enjoyed the conversation um the audio is going to be available on afripod sometime later on so you can always download it and go back and listen to this conversation slowly and take it in and um yeah go support these artists check them out check out their music check out um their videos stream buy merchandise all of that all that good stuff go go support the only way these artists are gonna blow up and and like get on these global stages is if you support them in a na afripods 